welcome to Women Leading the Way radio show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good morning, and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Knight Campbell, your host for The Leading Edge, Women Pushing Boundaries in Life, Adventure, and Leadership. Our topic today is Ask, Listen, and Act with Stephanie Barnier. Stephanie is a business owner, CEO of Clear Sky Wealth, financial advisor managing over $65 million in assets, and a mom. She takes a unique perspective on money, helping clients find happiness through sound investments rather than simply focusing on the money. Today, I'm particularly excited to dig into Stephanie's journey to becoming a CEO, forging her own path in the finance industry, and finding balance for herself and her clients along the way. Good morning, Stephanie, and welcome. Hey, Knight. Good morning. Stephanie, let's dive in here. What should our listeners know about you? (laughs) Well, the truth is I'm an average woman that wanted to do something really out of the ordinary and great. It's just kind of been a theme of my whole life. Um, Just a little bit of background on that. I played soccer all the way through college, and half my career I sat the bench. And I always played with people that were older and better and faster and stronger than me. I didn't always get the playing time, but I always learned a lot along the way. So fast forward to now, um, running an investment advisory firm, I've had fabulous mentors, mostly males. (laughs) This is a male-dominated industry Mm. over the years. And... um, and found my my way, my voice in that that makes me really comfortable in my own skin as I practice, build trust with clients, and we manage over, like you mentioned, $65 million of assets and work with amazing, amazing people. That I love that idea of you don't just come out the gate as a starter. You have to sit the bench for a while. And also an average, I don't know, I know you're a little bit, at this point, and average maybe is an understatement, but with extraordinary <laughs> dreams, I love it. What was the road like for you to go from you know, a soccer player to wealth manager to CEO? Yeah, so uh, I've always had a focus, and, and soccer was most of my focus in my life. I wasn't sure what I was going to do after I graduated from college. That might be another topic. <laughs> <laughs> being lost <laughs> after college. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm not sure my goal was to be a business owner of a, a, a RIA, a registered investment advisory. I, I, I don't know if it was my goal, but um, I was willing to try new things and grow. And I, I grow at, at fast pace at um, pushing boundaries, and I I really couldn't find a team that was on the same page as me. And sometimes you just have to move on. Sometimes when you've worked with people, and like I've said, I've had really great mentors, 
Um, most of them 10, 20 years my senior, and they're at different transition, different places in their lives. They might be transitioning or slowing down in their practice where I'm really in this ramp up phase and growing, yet wanting that balance of being a mom, taking care of myself. Uh, I really value those things, which is why I created Clear Sky Wealth. You've mentioned mentors a couple times and, and how yeah. they're typically older and male. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's a problem for, for a lot of women in typically male-dominated domin- industries. What do you imagine would be different for women in 20 years when hopefully there are women to mentor them in those positions? Yeah, you know, and I'm a really big believer of taking the pieces of, from that mentor that fit best, not mm. taking their whole blueprint and trying to make it your own because we're all here on earth with our own blueprint of our own makeup and our own talents and gifts. So making it our own is really, really important. And to answer your question, I'd say for women, we don't have to be a man or act like a man to be heard. And I think as women, it's natural for us to ask questions, to listen, and then make our point. And we forget that in business. <clears throat> I think that's really mostly innate in us uh, as, as women. I'm not going to speak for all women. I'm going to say, you know, most women. Men don't right. approach a business in this way of asking questions and listening and then making their point. They just make their point, and that's respected. Some of the most respected women in business ask questions, listen, and then speak. And studies show men respond to women when they are being women versus acting like a man. That's interesting. I I think men expect, and we're just to say we're generalizing here, of course, but sure. men expect people to be quote unquote decisive and just mm-hmm. make the point, which of course is a limited point because it doesn't include input from the team or consultation or other perspectives. But if you're in a room with mostly men who assume that you just don't have anything important to say if you're listening, how can you as a woman let them know that, hey, I'm listening, I'm going to rock you when I do speak, so pay attention? Yeah, I think um, that's one of the unique gifts or strengths as leaders that women have is is having is, is having the feminine energy at, at being in a female body, but also being in a masculine, a very masculine structure such as business, using both of those energies, and I, I teach this with a lot of my, a lot of my business owners, self-employed women, and small business owners, is using both those energies to your advantage. So the so the female energy is very much of receiving information, of of stillness, of of really processing any sort of emotions, and the masculine energy is that structure, the will, move forward. And really using both of those in in uh, in tandem. Now it doesn't always come out beautifully, like oh, I'm going to step into this or step into that. But it is called mental gender. Whether you're male or female, we all have these these energies of both the masculine and the feminine, and we can we can utilize them in business, um, in in conversations. And I, I really. My dominant energy naturally is is a masculine energy. I like to get things done. 
<laughs> I like structure. I like form. And I operated in that space for a long time. And then eventually just it, it, it wore me out. When we, as women, when we, when we operate from that masculine energy all the time, our bodies start to just break down. And I had one of those breakdowns around six years ago where um, – I'll just be really candid. Hopefully your listeners don't matter. <laughs> I had a early term miscarriage <laughs> and I mm-hmm. said, you know, I need to be doing something differently. And it was between a uh, child number one and child number two. And it was my wake up call where I wasn't happy. And I physically uh, wasn't taking care of, of myself. And I know that I was pushing myself too hard and not going inward enough at times. So that's when I really got to learn more about mental gender. And um, so to really answer your question, I think women can really have both energies and and um, use them as advantages to, as being leaders. First, I, I really appreciate your courage in sharing that. I think that statistics statistically that's very common, and the more that yeah. women and men hear that, the better for our, for our society. So I appreciate that. And um, it sounds like we have these energies and they either drive us or we can be aware of them and intentionally use them. And that's what mm. you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been a game changer for me uh, and business. And that <laughs> when we, when we were talking earlier before the show started, um, I took the month of February off and I haven't talked about this. So this is, you know, fresh kind of off the press. Yeah. <laughs> and uh I think as business owners or leaders we feel like we always have to be going to to justify our value or uh, but I will tell you I, I bought a book um how to relax <laughs> it's the only book mm. I read on my my month off by Thich Nhat Hanh and it was it was small I didn't feel obligated to read it I just picked it up whenever I wanted to whether I was um, getting ready to go to the bath, or I was just trying to to transition into taking some time and and relaxing. And I I think um, it was a, I know it was the best thing for me actually because I have more energy now than I did even last year, and I'm so ready for 2021. I feel like the year has just started, and uh, giving myself that permission just to take time off, and we can do that and. We do that when we're sick, right? Like we do that when we have medical leave, but those are really, you know, that's kind of late in the game in my belief to be taking time for ourselves. So I'd like to see more women and more leaders in general uh, be really aware that it's important to decompress, go inward, uncover stuff that just might need to be clearing, um, old stuff, and call it spiritual, call it whatever you want, <laughs> that needs to be um, moved aside so we can, I, you know, I can continue to grow and be a great leader for my, for my employees, my clients, and other leaders, you know, can be great leaders and, and giving them that space to do so. That's a wonderful long-term perspective. And so often leaders are today, tomorrow, this week, maybe this quarter, and not thinking, well, if I don't recharge in six months or a year, I'm just going to be uh, not worth much to my team anymore. And you said something interesting, that the need to justify our worth. It seems like that drives it. We, we see a lot of people, uh, myself included, often who deal with imposter syndrome, this idea, maybe I'm not as good as people think I am, and they might find out, and so we 
work ourselves to the bone. Do you have any advice mm-hmm. for people or thoughts on imposter syndrome? Ah, that's a good one. So the way that I have overcome any of that is to be really to really make sure that I'm aligned with my my purpose and my why and what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, my purpose and my why and what I'm doing and really clear on that piece of it because that's when imposter syndrome shows up for me is when I'm doing something in my business or taking something on just because other people in the industry are offering that service or that that thing and it's out of in li- alignment with what my true gifts and natural talents are. And so I love 16personalities.com. I actually recommend it to my um my self-employed and small business owners to it's free. It's like, I love personality assessments and a lot of people have taken them over the year. You know, there's all types of strength sure. finders. I like this one in particular. It's easy. It's, it's kind of a fun assessment and it's a free, and it's just to make sure like remind us of what our natural gifts and talents are so that our, we're aligned with what we're actually doing um, in, in work. And so, I like checking in on that stuff once a year, twice, every other year, just to make sure that my work is aligned with my natural talent. And then the stuff like marketing, X, Y, Z, that I can outsource for the business, I should you know, know I need to be doing that more. <laughs> right, right. Couldn't we all do that more? Mm-hmm. Uh, when I think about – this is a recent insight for me, but imposter syndrome is kind of selfish, and I love what you oh, said. Yeah. When, when you're stuck in that, you're thinking about me, 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 and how do people see me, and am I good enough? But when you're thinking about what's my purpose and where am I going, where do I want to take this organization, it, it kind of becomes irrelevant what people think of you because you're excited to go on that road. Yeah, and it's and it's aligned. And since I'm in the money business, I, I look at similar thoughts, imposter syndrome or thoughts of scarcity or I don't have enough or, I, or poverty. I'm, you know, I – it's important that people are profitable and that people are making money in business because when they're not, they're thinking about me, 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 me. Mm-hmm. When they're not, they're only focused on themselves and that doesn't benefit the organization and it doesn't benefit others, which is, you know, really my, my whole purpose and why is people to living from a place of prosperity and, and financial abundance is so, so important to push organizations forward and let people be taken care of financially, not just the owners, but the employees as well. So I think imposter syndrome and scarcity thoughts, you know, and for my industry kind of go hand in hand. Of course. Yeah. Speaking of your industry, what has it been like as a woman in finance? <laughs> um, you know, without a ton of judgment because it it's an it's kind of an old school industry. It has been the um the greatest being a woman and starting in this industry. Okay, I'm going to try to do about 14 years ago. <laughs> has been like the greatest greatest gift honestly for me. And um and to still just, you know, be in the middle of my career. I'm 40 and I and I'm also like six foot tall. So I kind of, you know, I've, you know, I've always stood out. <laughs> and, and so for me, I, I really feel it's important to, 
to to being ourselves and going back to that conversation of of being the woman and authentic of who we are and and also speak up. I'm not saying don't speak up, but first listening and then and then speaking up. So for for me early on I was, you know, kind of old style black suits, hair pulled back tight. And I and I thought to myself, either I'm going to leave this industry or I'm going to be myself in it. And that's ultimately what I chose is to be myself because I didn't want to go to work and wear my my purse, you know, my my personal stuff hat and then walk in and be the professional, you know, professional, you know, Miss Stephanie. This is how I act at work. I wanted to live both sides. And now, don't get me wrong, I. You know, I, I there are things that are still you know personal and private in my life, but I really make it a point to be open and to sharing eighty percent of that and being as human as possible in in a, in a finance industry. And so, um, the clients that we have appreciate that, you know, which is why we don't have every client in the world. So it's very much alignment's important. That's that's great. So just an average woman who's six feet tall and typically stands out and is authentic to her, to herself. <laughs> Stay tuned, folks. We're going to take a quick moment and recognize one of our sponsors. Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, National University. National University is proud to be San Diego's largest private nonprofit university founded in 1971. Their mission is to provide accessible, achievable higher education to adult learners. Today, National University educates students from across the U.S. and around the globe with over 170,000 alumni worldwide. You can enroll online today, and thank you for your support, National University, and to all of our sponsors and partners. And Knight, back to you. Welcome back to the Leading Edge with our guest Stephanie Barnier, CEO of Clear Sky Wealth. Stephanie, I have about two hours worth of questions and only <laughs> eleven minutes. So, uh, <laughs> I remember distinctly meeting you for the first time. I came to your office. We had coffee, and uh, your staff was so friendly and engaging. And we immediately started talking about core values, and I thought, wow, this is, I, I really like this person. I like what you're doing. What is your tip for leadership? You're clearly doing some things right. Yeah. Um, that's a great question. So I, I live by my values, and when, when I'm not aligned, I, you know, this is so timely cause, because I had a conversation with one of my employees about this on Friday. Uh, I, and one of my core values is heart. And heart is me leading with your heart is, is that authenticity. And, and when I, when I, here, spoiler alert, <laughs> nobody's perfect. <laughs> when I make a mistake or um, I have misspoke or, you know, there are thousands and thousands of rules in this industry. Like, and, and they seem to be changing, you know, so frequently. And when I when I may make a, a statement that might not be aligned because the numbers are last year's numbers and not this year's numbers, I you know I I will admit that mistake. I will say you know, you know I made an error. I'm I'm so sorry. 
Uh, I, I misspoke about this. The numbers are actually X, Y, Z. You can contribute up to $54,000 for this year. Last year it was $53,000. let us say that's for example. So uh, not having a culture that's a blame culture is really, really important to me. And that starts with me. I'll never blame my employees. I've always had their backs. If we made a mistake, it's me calling the client saying, you know, I'm so sorry I overlooked this. The report went out without me catching this. I'm sorry. It's my mistake. Owning our mistakes is a really big, big piece of it. And learning from them. I mean, it's an opportunity to learn from them. So I, I lead with that. And my staff also owns their own work. And that makes a huge difference. It steps away from the micromanaging, which is not my strength at all. <laughs> I am much better at leadership, but I have to be in that space and operate from that. And not, I don't expect myself to be perfect every single time. Like I'm human just like everybody else. And I think that piece of it, like, again, spoiler alert. <laughs> It's like we're human, and um, yeah. that's kind of new for business. And I and I understand that. Not that we just we are excellence is another value of ours is to work at a, 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 a at a level of excellence, which means that my staff needs to be rested. I can't have them overworked. They need to double double check their emails and make sure they go out accurately. Not because of perfection, mm-hmm. but because of excellence. So those are the so two of our five values that are really important that I really need to live by. And uh, me taking a month off and learning how to relax and get catching up on sleep is a part of our yeah. values. <laughs> Leading from the front. I love that. So you're, you're managing 65 million plus in assets. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine you're making a ton of mistakes. How do you balance that idea of excellence, but not perfection, the idea of mostly mistake free, but forgiveness and not blaming? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great, um, so it, again, it's 14 years, so I, I'm, I'm pretty seasoned in the industry, and I'm always consistent, constantly learning, like there's always something to be learning, especially as we're in, you know, kind of new chartered waters when it comes to financial markets and the amount of money that's been printed and the levels of debt that we have out there. You know, we're in a new, kind of a new era of, of, of markets, and technology is a big part of that. So I, I, I tap into consultants as well to make my job easier. I have um, exter- uh, external consultants from Clear Sky that I hire um, through Clear Sky Wealth where they give me their insight, and I've known these people for a long time. I followed them. I lean on them. Like they don't have to be a part of the organization. I lean on them. I ask them questions so that I can get my, you know, get my, my portfolios aligned uh, to exactly to where we're going, given the market, make changes where you need to. So I have about three consultants for the investment management side that uh, really support me and make my life much easier. Sometimes I think as owners, we think we have to do all of it, right? Mm-hmm. We think, and that's, you asked me, how do I kind of, you know, kind of get the balance and everything? I, um, I use partnerships or consultants to, to really support the practice. And I, I get up early. <laughs> I was at the office mm-hmm. this morning at 5 uh, to uh, research. While I'm cooking dinner, I'm listening to video casts that my consultants are putting together. Like I'm just kind of always in the know without it being 
you know, there's no, sometimes no uh, direct line between work and between personal life. I'm at home listening to, I still go to my office. I know that we're kind of, you know, people are working from home. I, you know, and I, and I cook dinner listening to which, you know, watching, looking at charts and kind of doing it in a way that's just uh, makes it fun and easy rather than I have to be at my desk all the time taking in mm-hmm. information. And so when I do come to my office, I have tons of sticky notes that I've made from, well, making dinner or cleaning the kitchen while, while listening to my consultants that I you know, come in and gather and, and, and I'm able to do my work. So, um, yeah, it's a big role. Don't get me wrong. It's a big, it's a big role. And it's also, we also have really great clients that understand uh, the process and how we manage money. And we understand them because, again, we listen and we want to know really what their goals are every time. So uh, that's, how we, that's how I kind of manage both. <laughs> Back to listening and listening to podcasts, listen to reports. Yeah engage, get the information, listen to clients. You're a, a mother as well, and you're just sharing uh, one of your children came back from school. She's happy and has lots of friends, and you were like, that's great success. What advice do you have for professional women who are also balancing raising small humans? Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, I'll speak for myself. I have a really amazing life partner, my husband, and uh, we share the same value of family. So we both contribute 50-50, you know, contribute, and our goal is to make sure our kids are happy, healthy, and thriving. Like, that's our top, top value. So, um, you know, from making lunches, (laughs) cooking dinners, cooking at home quite a bit, um, grocery shopping, ordering groceries, you know, that's, that's for the first and foremost. I will say outsourcing the stuff that doesn't matter is really important. Like, you know, the box cereal or the box pasta, even if it's lentil pasta, like that stuff can be ordered and delivered to the house. And for five or 10 or $15, whatever the amount is, it saves mm-hmm. an hour of time. So looking for those places where like, a little, like a little investment can save enormous amounts of time. I rarely go to the grocery store, and if I do, it's really for fresh produce if my husband didn't get it right. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Examples are bad, you know? (laughs) But it's very rare that I'll go to the grocery store, you know, um, because I just find it, I don't enjoy it, and it's um, not a really great use of my time. I don't mind, and I really love, I really love preparing food and, and cooking, simple foods and not making it a really complex meal. So I would say outsourcing the things that give back time are really, really important, especially if it's a really low cost of outsourcing. Yeah, it feels scary. And just thinking about, well, $10, I don't know if I can afford that, but the happiness, the balance, the time with children, when you balance that side of the equation, all of a sudden $10 doesn't look so bad. Stephanie, what do you wish that you had known earlier in life that you know now? <laughs> ah, that's a good question. Uh, working harder isn't always going to bring you more success. Mm-hmm. Like pushing through every single time. Uh, and there's times for that, don't get me wrong. And again, I, I come from that masculine energy. 
uh, working harder isn't always going to equal success. Working harder isn't always going to equal more money. And going to that place of sometimes I need to find things that make me, bring me more joy, it unlocks the success. It unlocks the money. So I'll give you a story about one of my friends and slash clients. And I love it because she'll tell me these stories. She's like, she works in commercial real estate. And she will, it's a very competitive industry, again, male-dominated like mine, and we tend to bounce ideas off each other. Uh, she'll go out to the barn where she has her horse, and during the middle of the week, when she feels like she should be working, when she feels like, oh, I should be doing something else. Yet when she's out there, she, that's when she gets her great ideas. And you could probably speak to this night with, with the work that you do. That's when she gets her her, brain, her light bulb moments, her great ideas, when clients actually call because she's in that – she's aligned with, I'll call it higher consciousness. She's aligned with, like, what she loves to do that brings her joy and probably brings her house her, her horse joy as well. That mm-hmm. everything else is just the ripple effect. So that's what I wish I would have learned earlier on is to do things that bring me more joy, even if that means playing with my kid and spending that ten dollars <laughs> to have groceries delivered. And the and my kid is, feels so much more connection and goes to sleep much earlier with less of a fuss, and everybody's more joyful in the house. Those are the things that matter to me. Some some excellent investment advice from a financial <laughs> professional that you might not expect. Just in <laughs> case our listeners want to reach out to you after the show, what's the best way to contact you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, I can be emailed at uh, stephanie at clearskywealth.com is an easy way to reach me. And um, I'm also on, on LinkedIn. I can be messaged there, Stephanie Barnier, B as in boy, A-R-N-I-E-R. Great, great. And we will keep uh, a link on the website as well. So when people tune in to re-listen to this, uh, you can find contact information there. Stephanie, thank you so much for your time. Uh, really appreciate you sharing your insights and experience. And uh, I got a lot out of just listening to this. I'm excited. Thanks, Knight. That went way too fast. I appreciate it. And uh, great talking with you. That was fun. (laughs) Same. I I can't wait to get outside with you soon. Uh, Okay. That's all for our show today. Thank you again, Stephanie Barnier, for being our guest. And thank you to all our listeners around the world. Remember, you can always tune into Women Lead Radio shows Mondays at 9 a.m. and Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It has been my pleasure to be your host today. I hope this episode inspires you to keep exploring pushing your boundaries, and leading on the edge. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business, executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.